Now this is podcasting presents lyrical time capsule. Hello, welcome to another edition of Lyrical Time Capsule, the show where a couple of gene genies take a journey through a song uh, based on the lyrics alone and try to decide if it deserves a place forevermore in the lyrical time capsule which one day we will actually build and bury um and for some reason there's a limited capacity in this lyrical time capsule so only a few select songs get in although bizarrely we have a hundred percent approval rating so far i have a question which is just extraordinary tell me who who's responsible for the selection of these yeah, it's the art. shadowy shadowy overlords that have set us up on this task. There's one final thing to mop up about civilization before it all collapses, and it's mop which up. songs <laughs> it's which songs deserve to be preserved forever based on their lyrics alone. And the other question is, who are we? Well, I'm Hugo, and with me, as always, the, always. the absolute boss legend on this journey is... Is Mingo... Less of a boss legend, more of the sidekick. And bollocks. Um, Oh, shit. We'll get an explicit... (laughs) We'll get an explicit tag on. (laughs) For bollocks or the shit? Uh, Both. I think... Shitty bollocks. (laughs) I don't think we ticked that box in the um, disclaimer. Sorry, kids. We don't. We might have to start because that's early on for a swearsy. Just bollocks. I'm a little tired. Yay. Nice. Nice. I love that. Um... Today, Mingo, um, we have a gargantuan task ahead of us um, because we want to uh, we want to tackle the part of the of the Overlord's list, mm. which is in the in the realm of probably the most lyrical of of modern musics, and that is the hip hop, the raps, oh, uh, which is what the kids call it, and so we're going. We're going way back uh, to the dawns of the hips hops, um, or very near it anyway. Very pluralistic of you. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Um, That's a bit like that guy from Metalocalypse, the guitarist. He always puts loads of S's on the end of his words. Yours is geysers. What are you doing with my guitars? Um, Hey, bro, What? can you tell us what the song is that we're looking at? The lyrical... Oh, exploration! Uh, the artwork. Um, I believe the title is "The Message." Yeah, is that is that is that what we're doing? That's correct. And uh, you know, we could even start. We could even start there as a bit of poetry. Um, the, the message. Yeah, the message. How does it uh, go? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Furious well, hey, I tell you what, it's got a really long intro. We'll play it, but we'll probably abridge it. For the uh, for the purposes of not getting flagged, no, we're going to play the whole damn thing. Know. It's Guys, all educational, isn't it? Enjoy this intro. Thank you. 
makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Wowzers. Yeah, wowzers. Okay, so we're way back to 1982, July the 1st, 1982, when this song is released from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Sugar Hill Records. Why don't we start a little personal mingle? What's what's your what's your history with this song? How, how have you traveled with this particular one? I, I recall being very, very little, and I recall seeing the video um, on TV. And uh, mm. I remember the sort of... Um, so video early 80s video effects like some chroma keying kind of uh, sharpness kind of stuff going on and um i i remember the sounds the sounds feeling familiar but being totally alien in that intro i, I just remember being wowed by all the whooshes and sweeps and stuff but it somehow felt uh it felt natural even though it sounded synthetic just first that's off. great so this actually hit you when it was released, yeah? Is mm. that how it... Correct. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. How old were you? Probably like three or four when I first saw it, I think. Far out. That's unbelievable. Well, I don't know what age I would have been, but it was a long, long, long time after the release. And I've got to say, uh, I've got a bit of a different journey with this because I'd had a different introduction to hip-hop and rap and all that stuff. Um, you know, the first rap song I ever remember hearing was like House of Pain, Jump Around. Mm. Um, so already very much in the sort of aggressive um aggressive rap mm. territory and I, so I, when i call that i call that middle school hip-hop <laughs> right great i love that that's perfect that's actually perfect <laughs> definitely not new school um yeah so then when i eventually heard this the aesthetics of it i just couldn't really comprehend like it just uh, sounded so gentle right. to me and so funky and so um so nice basically <laughs> right <laughs> um uh, yeah, so basically the aesthetics of it, it always hit me a bit different because it always just seemed quite jolly. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the music is so fun and funky and and um, just the delivery f compared to what I'd heard already. I'd, I'd heard, I was still a pretty young kid, but I'd heard like Cypress Hill. I'd heard House of Pain, uh, even like Run DMC, very shouty. Um, and... And then, and then, that's my, much that's my favorite and then song I'd, of theirs. Very shouty. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's off the it's off the two thousand and one <laughs> album. I reckon. <laughs> um, uh, what's that one called? Gra Royale, Royale, or something like that. Terrible album. Um, they've uh, yeah, and and then even even some of the more laid back but more aggressive in lyrics like gangster rap had i'd already heard a bit of that mm. and so listening to this always i've never been able to go back in time and and try to refresh what this would have hit people like right at the time until now well, can, i've really yeah. tried it was definitely mm. um you know i mean this and and rapture and um you know, okay. I, I I knew about the I knew about all the break dancing stuff, you know, like that as it happened as as we discovered it in Australia, like in real time. Um I'm sure there was a delay, there's always a cultural delay, but um I, I was aware of that stuff and was really excited yeah. by it and uh yeah. Very very different to, to what you're saying. Yeah. I kind different. of saw I so saw the could... evolution naturally, you know. Mm. 
No, that's awesome. So I think we can come at this from even on on many different levels, but mm. just our own journeys with it from different perspectives. Just diving into the lyrics real quick. Um, is this possibly, you know, is it is I mean, it's going to be difficult to say this. How just how many lyrics in this song would would make it into the top fifty most iconic lyrics or rap lyrics? In history, right? Do you like, mean individual lines? Yeah, like individual bars? couplets. But I would uh, individual bars, possibly. But I would say this one, this this opening one, yeah. has to be up there. I I would probably oh, yeah. say it might be the number one most iconic. It's extremely iconic line. Is that is that fair? Is that way I, over overplaying it? No, I, I I doubt that. I I think it's one of those. Uh, phrases that when you hear the opening salvo, you know exactly what's going on. Right. You know exactly what right. it's referring to. You know, there's there's a whole cultural zeitgeist that floods you uh, when you hear, if someone just says, it's like a jungle sometimes, you know. Yeah. 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 Great. So it's repeated twice. Let's Let's jump into it. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Wow. It's just so brilliantly constructed um and what always strikes me about it uh just on the structure of it is just how odd it is it doesn't sit it doesn't sit the way you'd expect in the in the bar structure it it throws in this sometimes and the you sh- think short long rhythmically so yeah definitely yeah some kind of i think it's called might be called like a caesura um so it it really cuts the cuts the rhythm it's like a jungle sometimes and then and then sort of jumps it's very quick so you can't really notice it but it it definitely is there would be some punctuation there right um and then and, and then you would expect a rhyme with sometimes um because it's so punctuated in the line but it never comes and so the the rhymes are with the are with the weaker rhyme in 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 the earlier part. It's like a jungle, wonder under. That's that's where the rhymes are, and sometimes never pays off, which is very brave. I think that's like super super brave, <laughs> um, verging on the masterfully sloppy. <laughs> masterfully you know sloppy. I mean. <laughs> masterfully sloppy because you're just like no no no. I'm not going to make this pay off the way. I'm not going to make it pay off neatly. It, it I'm reminds make me. You... Mm. It reminds me of um, some of the the people that I consider to be the the greatest MCs or greatest rappers of all time that came a little later, and um, in the turn of phrase and how it, it seems so natural and yet it, it's it's got great rhythmic uh, complexity to the phrasing and um, yeah, it's unexpected and and, and I. This being one of the earliest um, exposures for me, it seems so natural. <laughs> Doesn't it? It just flows yeah. off the tongue. It's quite an extraordinary yeah. piece of writing. Yeah. Um, and then, so who are a couple of those figures that you're talking about who came later, who this Biggie. reminds you of? Biggie. Yeah, for Q- sure. Q-Tip. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, 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 because it is not a, a standard rhyming stanza of a, primary school level you know there there is there there is great rhythmic complexity going on here um let alone how the words as you say um come in and, and it's the weaker it's the weaker rhyme yeah um you know 
I, 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 in my mind, it lends itself to going into a much more complex um, set of words where maybe the sometimes will eventually pay off, but it doesn't need to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit of MF Doom is, is a guy that... Totally the next one on my mind. Comes to yeah. mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's, got that, he's got that odd flow and, and that yeah. odd way of constructing lines sometimes yeah. where he, you know... He knows that, he, or he's proved like the entire song uh, where he can land it, and he can land it perfectly mm. in the grid. And every time, and then, and then, you know, every fourth bar or every eighth bar, he'll just do something to throw you off, and and you can't even really understand yeah. what he did, yes. and it it just yeah. hits you nicely. Well, this one is doing that straight off the bat. Yeah. I mean, it's it's setting mm. out it's setting out a stall for very unexpected, very unexpected uh, rhyme usage. Mm. Um, that's, that's a bit on the craft, I guess, but what about the content here? This is just amazing, right? I mean, you know, just as a, just as a succinct, um, laying out of a psychological mind state, this is, um, and, and like, like you said, I think as soon as you hear it, you know where you are, you know what you're talking about. Mm. There isn't a person, there isn't a person in, in the modern earth who wouldn't understand what this person is talking about. Whether you live in a jungle or not. <laughs> well, precisely. I mean, you know, you but you, 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 there there isn't. I, I'm tr- I guess I'm trying to say there there may be like uncontacted tribes still. They who they wouldn't definitely know. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's true. And they're like, "What's the big deal? What's the big deal? What do you mean? Go under? Go under the ripples of the Amazon? Yeah, I guess. Um, but um, they. The, ironically, yeah, the people mm. who uncontacted, mm. uncontacted tribes in the in the jungle might not know what he's referring to, but everybody else who's either everyone else who's either <laughs> who's either become you know become absorbed into the urban system or deliberately rejected it and left or never gone there knows what the the modern that the modern urban society is like a jungle sometimes. Mm. <laughs> The chaos, chaos, the chaos. wildness, survival. Mm. Yeah, um, mm. l- we talk about the law of the jungle. So predator, prey, um, relentless noise. Yeah, chaos. What you said. Um, what What can you say? Dangerous, obviously. Um, yeah, all mm. of these things, and and it's like a jungle sometimes. So I think like uh, it's so funny you. you I walked into that joke that you made about that uh, that you picked up on the uncontacted tribes, but basically what you've got there is the entire <laughs> spectrum of the of the human experience, right? You've got the you've got people moving from the jungle, leaving the jungle through the savanna and ending up in this urban jungle. It's a circularity of of words because everybody understands what it means, but ways basically we've returned to a jungle state of our own construction. Mm. You've seen right? the gods must be crazy as well. Okay, yes, I think I have. I think I have. The bottle falls from a plane or something. Yeah, I think I've seen it. But yeah, basically that's it, you know. But it's fantastic stuff. Yeah. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't related to that? But mm. you know, it's a great it's a great line because um because it leaves things really open-ended 
uh, you know, there's a there's a thought there. Like, how do how do we keep from going under? How's this guy going to keep from going under? And how how do we in general keep from going under? Like, what is it, it that keeps us? Isn't it Go interesting ahead. the the choice of the word wonder? Um, yeah, because not only is it thought, but it's actually imagination, and it's right. Uh, it's an ironically positive word, you know, used in 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 a very sort of negative context. Um, you know, I and I, I that's always struck me um, since I was quite young. Maybe not when I first heard it, but you know reasonably young i was like oh okay yeah. there's dreaming there's dreaming involved mm. there's not nightmares you know right the the right. the description that is going to follow is nightmarish then that mm. sense of survival that desperation is is really tangible but mm. there's it's using wonder which like to me implicates dreaming and and um imagination yeah oh I man i thought that was fascinating brilliant Brilliant pickup. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. But yeah, it is an odd choice of, of word there. Uh, sort of juxtaposing the positivity of, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder, I wonder. Um, but but actually, you know, it makes me, uh, it, it, there's a terror there, right? Like, how, mm. how am I going to keep from going under? Um, yeah, wonder is almost a deliberately gentle, <laughs> yeah. gentle description no, of what he's absolutely. actually doing. Yeah. He's strategizing his survival. And uh, but he's just oh I wonder, <laughs> great I love that. Um, wait, I think it's worth spending that amount of time on that intro. It'll come up again, yeah. and maybe well, other thoughts will come up around it. Well, as as uh, we we've, we've said, you know, we both feel that it's uh, it's iconic, and and, mm. and there's a reason for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. This is an extraordinary line, extraordinary mm. line. Just on the strength of this alone, <laughs> it's mm. probably going to get yeah. a place. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, I reckon, you know, we've got big, big things here. We've got big stories, but they're basically sort of like four, um, stories, five, if we include the outro. So I reckon we play each one all the way through and discuss them as they crop up. Glass everywhere, people pissing on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise, got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far, cause a man with the tow truck repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. I love it. I love it <laughs> yeah, so much. It's extraordinary. Okay, how does that hit you then? To well, lead off with some. I'm going to struggle yeah. to be impartial about this. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, this is this is a. Uh, this is a very detailed description of this urban and gritty urban environment. You can smell it, you know. I, I can smell yeah. it. I, yeah. I can smell it from this description. I, there's, there's no question, no doubt in my mind at all that this is not a nice place to inhabit. <laughs> yep. Yep. You got it. You got it. It's it's elaborate in its setting up of that. Mm. There isn't a single there isn't a single positive aspect to There's it. Nothing redeeming at all. And no, nothing. I got no choice. You know, like yes, 
Yes, that's my hands are tied here. I have no autonomy, no freedom. I'm stuck in this cesspool. <laughs> right, right, precisely, precisely. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get through it uh, yeah. bit by bit. So broken glass everywhere. Yeah, um, just you know, extraordinary, right? A sort of a sort of consumer product, um, you know, smashed, which turns the ground into just a lethal weapon um, thing to walk on. Lethal weapon, and yeah. you know, just to just to, it increase it, due to carelessness. Of and callousness of, callousness of people just dropping dropping litter of this description, the the floor becomes dangerous uh, and um, yeah potentially sort of fatal um, to yeah people's blood supply. Yeah. Um, so extraordinary there. Uh, one thing I wanted to I, I don't I I don't know exactly the theme to 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 uh, to focus on, but one angle I thought of of checking out is like. How does it compare to nowadays? Um, and one um, one aspect that struck me about broken glass is that um, we we've moved into a, a pretty plastic uh, time, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Uh, so the sort of similar callous behavior now would probably result in just more plastic on the ground mm, everywhere. Um, so I'm going to chalk that up to a little bit of an improvement. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm going to refute that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Um I yeah. I think it's it's much more environmentally detrimental. It may not be as immediately uh -huh. physically threatening, but uh I, I I mean where I live, I still deal with broken glass on a weekly basis everywhere. Um, not everywhere, but predominantly gathered around the areas where I want to walk or park my car sure. or walk from parking my car, <laughs> you know, okay. with, with young children. Um, so, yes. yeah, there's I was going to say the children thing. Yeah, there's, there's always broken glass where I am. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, the plastic bottles, they continue to, you know, live on and, and be destructive to the environment, you know, far out to the ocean. So... Um, yeah, whereas the true. glass returns back to the environment even slowly in that way, like in a much more natural yeah. way, being trodden underfoot. Um, yeah, yeah, and and it rounds out its edges eventually. It's, we've we've got it's an, quite it a lot becomes of a nerve around here from yeah. like fifty fifty years ago, and it's just right. It's basically harmless. Yeah. Um. Okay. All right. I will accept the refutation there. <laughs> um. <laughs> People pissing on the stairs, you know, they just don't care. Okay, so we've got a narrator here, uh, but in the first two bars, he's pretty much commenting on other people's behavior, right? Like, he didn't mm. say he's pissing on the stairs. He's commenting on other people pissing on the stairs, mm. um, implying that he lives in, you know, one of these sort of high-rise blocks probably. Uh, it's probably the stairs the, up, up to the next levels, to all the levels. Uh, and, you know, they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Okay, so we've got more sensory, sensory overwhelm, yeah. which adds to the exact feeling that you talked about, about there's no redemption here. It's just mm -hmm. over, overwhelmingly unpleasant. Mm. Now, the, now the, um, the, the, the kicker, he's stuck here. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. Brilliant, flows off the tongue perfectly, um, but is like pretty 
well, it's just unpleasantry, isn't it? And then it's a, it's a little palindromic that line. Mm-hmm. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Phonetically, nice. you kind of it nice. starts with that rats a, in the front, room, goes through these back. rolling R's and O's, and then comes nice. back. And you got in the repeated. Oh, so I love that. Yeah, yeah. Again, that just isn't isn't a common construction. Mm. I, I reckon a lot of rappers nowadays would sort of would would have put the rats in the middle. Or doubled yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, put a trap in the middle, like rats in the trap, roaches in the back. Or they yeah. would have said, in the front room, rats, roaches in the back. Yeah. And so they would have like gridded it more. Yep. But he's brave. He, he leads off with the rhyme. That's really interesting. Yeah, really good. Junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. Okay. This is the early 80s, I guess. So what are the junkies on at this point? Actual junk. Heroin? I reckon. When's crack? Later. Later. Cool. So this is heroin. Yeah. Junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far because a man with a tow truck repossessed my car. Okay. Yeah. Tough. (laughs) Tough scenario. (laughs) Um. And obviously, it's uh, it's basically akin to a nightmare. Um, now, can can we just clarify? This is talking about New York coming out of the seventies into the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe New York was like murder capital of America at that time. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. And um, funnily enough, uh, I did I did sort of look up some interviews. One of the incidents that gets mentioned later about the rail strike mm. was one of the main reasons that these guys wrote the song. Yeah, they were right. so pissed off about the rail strike, it, and you know it makes you think, right? When you've got an urban structure and something goes down like the rail, it's like, well, this becomes this place becomes a real struggle. It can make you yeah. it can put you into a, a mind state like this. Yeah, New York without the without the trains. New York without the trains. So so you know, this guy's this guy uh got his car repossessed. Well, okay, so just diving deep a bit deeper on that, why do you get your car repossessed? Um presumably well, you- you yeah. had the spirits exercised out of it once and they came back in. <laughs> nice. Love it. It was a hearse. Um, <laughs> he, he, well, so nice, nice, nice. That's perfect New York reference. Um, so he had a car and he was keeping up the repayments on it. Like he was in a certain economic situation. Like he was working basically, probably. And he had the wherewithal to get a car. And that's, that's changed. Like something has changed. And his car got repossessed. So this is a guy on the downturn, basically. And and he's looking around at this place he's become trapped in. So, and this is his psychological mind state. Mm. The next line, maybe number two, second most iconic line in all of hip hop. Oh, Don't so, push me. So hard. Because I'm close to the edge. And you I'm can't trying help but say it like not that. to lose my head. Yes, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. The the delivery is extraordinary. Um, it's it's sort of it's sort of you know it's not yelled like it would have been later on in in rap. It's, it's but it's delivered with this. Every word is stressed. 
Yeah. Yes, every word is stress. Nice. So this this is just amazing, amazing uh, enhancement of the message. I'm putting in <laughs> an italics on that one. Uh, by the delivery. Don't mm. push me. Yeah, I won't repeat mm. it, but this. Staccato rhythm. Every word is stressed because he's stressed. He's stressed. And yep. he's trying. He's hasn't lost his head yet. He's trying to maintain right. sanity, trying to maintain control. And there's, I, I hear, I hear gritted teeth. You know. Yeah. I hear gritted teeth. Uh, Amy, yeah, definitely. You've nailed it. Uh, it's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how we keep from going under. That's where we get that refrain again. Mm. Perfect. Um, so basically, just to sum up that verse one and chorus. We get, would you agree with this? I think we just get a bit of first-person perspective. Uh, he's just, he's, he's talking about other people's behavior, this narrator here. Yes. But he's, but he's describing his own, his own situation. Yeah, his experience of it, yeah. Right, precisely. And I don't think we're going to return to that again. This is verse one. It starts with the first person. Do you want to add anything else about verse one at all? Uh, it. It, it's it's a it's a great landscape painting. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's it's broad it's broad brushstrokes. There's there's different senses are engaged even just with the words, and mm. um, you know you you know what this feels like straight yeah, away. Great. Um, and uh, you know it could be that we I'm just universalizing our personal experience, but the 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 song that keeps coming to mind. Is the um, is the subterranean homesick blues when I yeah. listen to this? Yeah, that we've already done. Check previous episode. Um, yeah, yes. I just think that this has got a real poetic quality to it. Just laying Definitely. out this, this tableau, and and just sort of relentlessness of it. But but these new characters being introduced all the time. And speaking of that. Well, let's let's go to the second verse, I reckon. Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails, used to be a fag hag, such a dash to tango, skipped the life and dango, a zircon prince to seem to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she can tell the stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so did it. She had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the Edge, I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Good stuff. The lyrics I have here, thank you to the app that shall remain unnamed, uh, are incorrect. <laughs> uh, at yeah. least on one word. Yeah, I think I've got the wrong words here too on genius, funnily enough. Ah, well, um, the 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 word in contention here is um, uh, well, from garbage. Uh, the lyric I have here is garbage piles, but I oh, definitely cool. have heard that as garbage pails. Okay, cool, a, cool, cool. A, That's a, a different trash word. can. That's a different word from the one I've got uh, wrong uh-huh. in my version. So yeah, we'll get cool. to mine later. Yeah. Um. Great. So so awesome. We'll we'll we will we'll check that out. Well, and wonder about piles versus pails. Mm. Um. Okay, uh, we, let, let's just introduce the character first. A crazy lady living in a bag. Is d- d- Tell me if you think I'm right here, Ming. On the first part, 
standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. That's still him, right? That's still him where he's at? Or is that I, is this I think, her? I think that's the narrator. I think that's the yeah, narrator. Yeah, cool. Cool. So he... Observing. So he's... Got So he's positioned in this spot. You know, he's... he's he has a mise-en-scene. Um, he's in this position and he's observing. And then... And then his his eyes and his ears go through these things. He's standing on the front stoop where it smells of piss, presumably, uh, and there's broken glass everywhere. I'm actually, ah. what? No, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how I've I've always taken it. But now I'm actually no, seeing. Yeah. Well, hang on. I just on. read it and I was just like, wait, <laughs> wait a second. I don't. This isn't the lady, but I think maybe these are just like cutscenes. You know, like ah, shots. Ah, cool. You know, nice. So maybe there's someone standing on the front stoop. Maybe there's another person when you cut to another perspective hanging out the window. Nice. There's someone watching the cars go by. You know, then there's the crazy lady. Um, perhaps okay. it's like cool. you know a cut a cut together film. I'm not sure. All right, awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. That's the cars roaring, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's an odd word. You know, uh, but it definitely ties in with, you know, the wild animals, the jungle type of vibe. I think 1970s American motor cars are probably oh, yeah. louder than our yeah. modern no, uh, that's true. Asian imports. <laughs> yep, that's probably true. These were probably American muscle cars. Okay. Um, let's go, you know, no, okay, just, just, just. He he. We know he's stranded, so we know he's stuck in this position. So watching all the cars go by when he's had his car repossessed, that would be particularly um, demeaning. Yeah, that would be that would <laughs> that would have a, a frisson to it for him for this narrator. Uh, a crazy lady. Now, okay, uh, this has got some nineteen eighties language in it, so we we won't shy away from it. We're going to tackle it as it as it comes. Right, a crazy lady living in a bag. Eating out of garbage pails, right? Used to be a fag hag. I don't know what that means. What is a fag hag? I've I've heard it, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, no idea. No, I I I've okay. I've heard meanings, but I've heard it's no. I I really don't know what it means. Yeah, my my understanding is that it is the female best friend of a homosexual male. Typically. Okay. So what's the relevance of that? Like, is that, why is that worth mentioning? Well, I, I think uh, there's an aspect of spinsterism, perhaps. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like okay. a, in, in an empowered way, it might be a, a, a woman who, who leads a, a life w- which is separate to maybe the sort of societal expected uh, gender norms and and okay. um, milestones uh, they okay. choose to be around a, a you know a group of people who especially at that time are still pretty frowned upon um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's there, maybe there's an air of loneliness in in um, in a more negative perspective okay um, that's but yeah, I because I just didn't know if there was a sexual thing there, <laughs> and I couldn't 
I don't think obviously so. not if that's their meaning so it's just like wow what is this like I just couldn't make sense of it but it's basically just like friend of a bunch of gay guys yeah but I, I guess that the suggestion is if if it's if they are crazy and and eating food out of bins then they're yeah. not really up on their luck um yeah. and you know perhaps you've been discarded by your social circle or perhaps um considering it's 1982 what's more likely is your social circle's dead and oh, uh you are left without friends perhaps i, okay. I mean i'm i'm throwing I'm throwing a whole bunch of yeah. mud pies at that but these are things that i think about yeah yeah well that would definitely have i, I don't know when aids hit um but yeah it was in the 80s but was it's it a, this early a, in the 80s it's affecting people by then for sure wow already Mis- mystery sickness yeah Okay, well, there you go. So, yeah, all right. So now, you know, she had this, she had this lifestyle, probably, 70s, I don't know, a, disco bit, dis- era. a bit disco, yeah, a bit yeah. disco. She was hanging out with uh, the glamorous, fun, yep. uh, gay crowd, and then suddenly it all went uh, belly up, and she's alone, basically. She's homeless. Mm. Um, mm. And she's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, not a, not a uh, formal diagnosis, but, you know, she might have <laughs> got some psychosis there as well. Um, who knows maybe maybe we don't talk to her so they don't talk to her oh oh they do talk to her (laughs) said she'll dance the tango skip the light fandango (laughs) i was waiting for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so they do get some information from her um i'm assuming this is sexual don't know no I mean, it I, was I sort of thought the, the so. Studio 64 era is is definitely proclaimed as embracing sex, drugs, and dancing. So who knows? Like, yeah, I, I think more of a free love situation rather than a yeah than a um, employed situation. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, you reckon? So yeah, all right. So it's just it's not sexual in the sort of prostitution sense. It's so no. just free freewheeling. Okay. I reckon this this one I'm lost on a zircon princess. A, z- a zircon, a cubic zirconia, is a fake diamond, right? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Great. A Great. Man made diamond. So a diamond. zircon princess. All right. So she's she's uh, this is a this is a great juxtaposition. She was. It was all fakery. It was all fakery. Cos- when costume she... jewelry. Nice. Okay. So all right. Great. A zircon princess seemed to lost her senses. Okay, uh, one thing that we I did skip over. Fandango, isn't that uncanny? Weird. Yeah. We spent a this, lot of time on that word. A, we did. We did. What did it mean? <laughs> what well, the bloody a, hell was a, Fandango? It was. It's a dance. It was a dance. Yeah. So so skip the light Fandango. But it's just extraordinary, isn't it? You you know Queen. And then, and then this is just it's, there's there are echoes in the in the zeitgeist. What what year was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? That's oh, around. Oh wait, it was six. Yeah, it was re-released later on, wasn't it? Uh huh. Much yeah, it would have been yeah. That's all right. Okay. Okay. Mm. But the word was the word was a dance. It's already in use, you know. Yeah. True. Down at the peep show watching all the creeps so she can tell her stories to the girls back home. 
I love this line because you expect so to line up rhythmically at the end of watching all the creeps to match show down at the peep show, watching all the creeps so, but it doesn't. Yes. It hangs true. and then it comes hangs. in late. Yes, it's love true. That. Again, love that. Sophisticated. Mm. Um, peep show, this is this is a, a bit of sexual stuff. Yeah, here we are. Back in the day. Back in the day, kids. Before before the porn hubs and the U porns, uh, you had to go down and, and watch a little a little show. And this is before our time even. But you had to watch like a coin operated um peep show so you could see mm. some nudity. Mm. So she's still she she's she's down by the peep show watching all the creeps. So she's she's observing the people, the boy the, the men going into the peep show so she can tell stories. So she can tell her stories to the girls back home. Um do you think that she's sort of still claiming to people back home that she's got a glamorous lifestyle or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or that she's got some wealth, even if it's a bit on the seedier end. Uh, Amazing that that she's still got girls back home. (laughs) (laughs) Or or that she's, you know, just simply that she's proclaiming that she has a life that she doesn't. Well, there's there's a sense of... There's, as an observer, you're not participating. You know, you're you're still you're still innocent, perhaps, um, but wise enough yeah. to be able to to know what's going on and be street smart. But uh, I think we find that that's maybe not the truth pretty quickly. Yeah, because you know, the next line. I I always thought um, I've never seen the lyrics for this before, so this is new for me. But um, I never knew what the end of this line was previously, and I thought it was something to do with uh, it says so sadidi, and I don't know what sadidi means, but I always heard that as something, some kind of contraction of maybe social security. Um, I, that's how it in my mind it was. She went to the city and ended up on welfare, but obviously I was wrong. <laughs> no, I think that you're right. Um, really? I've never heard it any other way. I'm I, surely that's a misprint. What do you have? I've got it as I've got it on genius as so so sadity. <laughs> yeah, I've got so sadity. S a d i double t y. But I don't know what that word but means. I'm I'm shocked because I've I've never heard it any other way. So he he says social security. He says it really fast, but he says is that it really is that clearly. right? Yeah. Are you sure? As in what? Social Are we security? both wrong? Yeah, are we both wrong? I'm, that we... Uh, yeah, I've, I reckon Genius has got it wrong and so has evidently Spotify because I've never heard it any other know. way. It's social security. I'm sure that's what he's saying. I thought that too, but let's have a look. So Diddy, Wiktionary. Uh, oh, go on. African-American then. vernacular. Acting snobbish, arrogant, or superior. Uppity. Oh, okay. We, we're both wrong, homie. All right, all right. There we go. Well, I'm, I, well, I was surprised that that genius would would have it wrong. So, so there we go. Um, um, Wiki, Wikipedia sedate. suggests etymology uncertain, perhaps an alteration of sedate. Uh huh. So, so sedity. 
Okay, city. so she's she's had airs and graces when she came to the city. Uh, or no, I think it's more that she went there, went to the city and got uppity. Right. So she, but it's like fake. It's fakery, right? It's like she's yeah, she, she was put trying it on. to portray like a character. Put it on. Okay, good, good, good. All right, that's great. Far out. I always read that right <laughs> line wrong. She went to the city and got so so sedidi is like it's like hoity toity, like really um trying to yeah. elevate yourself above others. And then the downfall. She had to get a pimp. She couldn't make it on her own. Mm. Yeah. So you were right. Wait for it. The She's lying lying to the the girls back home and lying to the people here, you know. Yeah. Being yeah. this character, all, all fakery, all fakery. Um, sad. Good stuff. Sad. Sad. But but good poetry. <laughs> Great <laughs> good poetry. poetry. Relentlessly bleak. Uh, <laughs> relentlessly bleak. And there's just one one part that I want to mention is the A B rhyme, yeah. sort of A B rhyme. Down yeah, at the peep yeah. show, watching all the creeps, so she can tell her stories to the girls back home. She went to the yeah. city and got so so sedidi. She had to get a pimp. She couldn't make it on her own. They really delay the the payoff on the rhymes there. Yeah. Good stuff. Good technique. Great. Beautiful. What happened? Um what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? What happened? What happened because to that the- <laughs> that A B rhyme did that what is not that used. Until no. like quite recently, it's back. It's back yeah. with a vengeance in like yeah. trap and trap rhythms. It's back with a vengeance. Um, people yeah. are using it all over the show, but uh, but but then through what did you call it? Middle school hip hop. Never middle. Never school. use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's like this is the beginning of rap, and yet it's mm. all there. Like it's, it's all the elements all there. are there. Like yep. all the elevation is already present. I mean, what happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? What happened? Yeah, Man. well, yeah, it's what got what got publicized. Anyway, well, that's a really, really juicy right. piece of uh, of inquiry. Uh, like, what happened? Um, yeah. This is a beautiful other, painting. Here. Go ahead. Another. This is just mm-hmm. another part of the painting, and it's just yes. You know, it's so tangible. Um, you really you feel this this crazy lady you feel her story um you know and and that idea of like having hopes and dreams and moving to the big smoke and you know you know experience all this cool stuff and she clearly did um and you know maybe it's not really a fall from grace it's it's because she never really was there in a in a genuine way but it, it kind of highlights the sadness of maybe some of these fair weather relationships and friendships um and you know the the risks of of getting caught up in um you know trying to portray a character that's not you um and obviously yeah. you know there's there's clearly there's clearly a nod to genuine mental health issues it's not just uh a, a, a make a, a product of her own making um yeah 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 so that's it's We've just got- it's very tragic Two two references apart from the crazy, we also get lost her senses. So, mm. um, yeah, so definitely some mental health as you're describing. Yeah, it's a hard life, and mm. and ultimately we're talking about someone again trapped, 
Um, this time, somebody appears to have gone to the city, uh, had a life away from the city, gone to the city for the glamorous, uh, the 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 bright lights. They'll come up again. The um, disco dancing. The disco dancing. <laughs> Damn precisely. you, disco! That, yeah, nice, Clem Fandango. Um, I think that uh, I think that that's that's definitely something worth mentioning. Yeah, we're at the we're at the the death knell of disco, which mm. was a which is a major phenomenon in New York for sure. And, uh, and, you know, rap is definitely something that, that rang the death knell for, for disco. Definitely. Um, and, and this is, uh, well, actually, funnily enough, I think this song, this song was sort of on the cusp, right? Uh, from I, what I, I read. Yeah. I kind of feel like rather than being the death knell of disco, I think it's more like, uh, had, had evolved out of and in parallel with, you know, and, and sort mm-hmm. of incorporates elements of disco, maybe not in this particular piece, but, um, you know, later on there's, there's lots of influence from, um, the, you know, sampling the sonics of mm. later. True. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's kind of, I think, it's an alternative scene and uh mm-hmm. and i think they you know one's in the club and one's out on the street developing at the same true. time maybe but um all right true yeah well we we've done pretty well and we and we're halfway through there so yeah. i mean I, one guy i wanted to mention uh was uh this well one thing i wanted to mention was this title the message mm. uh and just talk about what a great title that is uh just on a lyrical level um and you know, just calling your song the message, and then bringing out these stories, uh, that's pretty bold. Um, that's uh, that's like some really, really succinct laying out your stall, right? Uh, mm. This is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear the message. You're going to hear four stories, but but this is all the message. Uh, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to come back to this question: what mm-hmm. is what is the message when we um, when we finish the lyrics? Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, but um, and and that's going to be a great way to conclude. But one guy that I wanted to mention, um, before you know, just as a just as an aside, um, because you mentioned about this being out in the streets, right? Um, the Marshall McLuhan, the Canadian media critic, he coined the phrase "the medium is the message." Ah, right. The, okay. As the you know that phrase like that that phrase yes. is more probably yeah. that phrase is probably more famous than Marshall McLuhan is and rightly um, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is when he actually published the book <laughs> when he actually published the book that contained it he called it the medium is the massage. It's just like <laughs> oh god, dude, are you fucking kidding? It was like a joke. Uh, you no, know, like really, the massaging. Yeah, he called his book oh "The my. Medium Is the Massage." It wasn't like a, a publisher's error or something. Like nah, a... nah, apparently no. not. Wow. Anyway, That's... point being, <laughs> yeah, funny, respect, right? Respect, 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 respect. Point being, um, the medium is the message. So, so without when when we get to the end, uh, we'll do a proper analysis yeah. of what but is the message. Just but be good I to wanted keep to keep that in our minds. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. What is the message? But I wanted to just pause and do a little, little foot, a little footnote in the middle of the page um, mm. of what is the medium doing mm. of this? What is the innovation here that in the medium that is carrying itself a message? 
uh, because that's the principle of the medium is the message. You have to look at the way mm. the way the thing is being delivered. What technology is it using? How is it being transmitted? And that way you get a message which is just as important as the content, according to Marshall yes. McLuhan. Yes. So I just wanted to talk about that a bit. You 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 mentioned it's happening in the streets. Can you can you elaborate on that a bit for uh for our young whippersnappers who might not be up to date on on this early history of hip hop? Well, I mean, that's obviously not what I was referring to uh, per se. I was talking about the um, experience of people living life in under duress, but um, uh, economic and, and violent, you know, concern, safety. I'm sorry, I totally misheard you then. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, <laughs> in a very real sense, um, what was happening on the streets, in my understanding, is that there were sound system battles, block parties going on as as uh, a means of um, entertaining um, particularly poor African-American people in uh, high, densely populated areas in New York. Um, and that that meant dragging out um, hi-fi systems, um, ham-fistedly putting them together um, generally. Um, occasionally someone who had a bit more technical expertise could build a custom sound system, PA basically, um, a mobile PA possibly, or you know, stealing power from someone else's house and things and setting up setting up um, record turntables and having a party in the street or on your block where your your council building essentially was, your public housing mm. um, in I think what is commonly referred to as the ghetto. Uh, mm -hmm. you know really so there's the very culturally isolated um distinct um parts of new york with very low socioeconomic demographics and um and this was you know I'm, there were i'm sure there were violent altercations at times i've i've heard and read about these um between different neighborhoods um and having parties and not even to mention organized crime and gangs and uh, drug dealing and prostitution and standover people or playing into it as well, which is a very, very complex system of underworld um, dynamics and politics. Yeah, like a jungle. Like it's almost like it's the jungle. Right. Um, but yeah, these, these, um, these battles between, you know, sometimes friendly, sometimes less friendly um, and, the i guess what would fall under the moniker of hip hop being you know the the music the dancing and the art the 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 graph um the graffiti so you know these these three different elements of culture coming together to form what we think of what we used to think of as hip hop i i'm not sure that's mm -hmm. how we still think of it now but, yeah um, yeah so out out on the street are, are people using repurposing technology to create music using existing music using records on turntables and altering how that's played back in order to create yeah. new songs yeah perfect little hip-hop history lesson which is absolutely exactly what i was talking about like the medium is the message because um, that's about you that's know, about three percent of it so <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. um 
but the thing that I wanted to just zero in on at even a zero point one percent of it is the is the medium of the lyricism that that right. that comes through on this, where you get mm. the you know you get the DJs taking front of stage and and doing their repurposing of of break beats and things like that, but then suddenly you get this change of dynamic where the where these lyricists come to the forefront, they're using the mic. They're plugged in <laughs> to the to the. Somebody put a mic socket on the <laughs> on the mixing <laughs> table, so they took advantage of that, and they share the mic and they come forward, and it 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 leads to this it leads to this um, spotlight on poetry, um, which hip hop provides all of a sudden. Uh, well, which isn't is, it? Isn't it? A, it's a mixture of you know hosts at nightclubs, right? Mm. Um. You've got that that sort of mm-hmm. professional uh, sure. drawing from like broadcasters, you know, radio DJs, uh-huh. and then you've got guys preachers. in nightclubs, yeah, and, and of course, of course, yeah, the the evangelist preachers, mm. uh, great tradition, and um, and then you've got you know, I mean, the the phrase master of ceremonies, the MC, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and so I believe got- that Melly Mel was the first guy to use that term. Yeah, right. The guy that we're hearing rapping right now, yeah, uh, yeah, he's the first guy to call himself an MC. Mm. Uh, extraordinary. But these so, these yeah, are people I, in nightclubs hosting the parties, jumping on the mic while DJs are uh, beat jumping, uh, you know. And then you've got it happening out in the street, and uh, it, it begins with people talking. It's talking, right? And then mm-hmm. there's the whole Jamaican history as well. Which, uh-huh. do, you know, do you want to go into that, the toasting kind of thing? Yeah, uh, no, I I sort of just want to mention it in brief. Just okay. that this, this concept of this this is a new medium, as far as the context of music is concerned. This is a new medium, and the medium itself provides a massive part of the message here. Uh yeah, that's it really. Just like this is a new phenomenon. This is something mm-hmm. fresh arriving on the world stage and it's about to change everything in <laughs> musical culture and in culture and world culture yeah mm. so i mean that's it really that's that that's the part of it that's the that's kind of like i would put it up there as 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 just as impactful um you know any of these early iconic uh, rap songs that had this level of impact but this is arguably the number one of them um the the Fifty percent of the reason it has the impact it does is the medium that it's that it's coming through. Yeah, this is new. I know. I think it's so easy for uh, anyone alive today. I mean, even older people, because it's now been what forty years. You know, I mean, right. it's easy to forget how new and revolutionary this was. Um, you know, it's so ubiquitous now. Um, and I, I remember, I remember going through all of the, um, basically the war against hip hop, you know, <laughs> um, where, you know, uh, uh, the American conservatives love to have a, a good backlash against anything emerging that threatens them. Um, these days tech companies just buy anything that threatens them. And they don't. They don't blink. It's like a billion bucks. Here you go. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just shelve it. <laughs> Clever consolidation. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people forget about the huge global backlash mm-hmm. against rap 
it was a right. major deal. But this is before right. that. This is this is like a you know five years before that. Um, right. This, this is a new thing. People don't even. There's mm. no reference point here. I mean, we're I, right. we just referenced preachers and block parties and, mm-hmm. and and disco and radio announcers. But really, the the this as a a, a work of art is just it, it's gobsmackingly new. Mm. Yeah, crazy. Gobsmackingly what? Sorry, new. New. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, great. I think that's a great, uh, you know, just a, a little addendum while we while we travel through these stories of just the impact of this uh, from a medium perspective and a cultural perspective. Let's go on to verse three. Girls are doing bad on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much. It's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night, can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. Neon King Kong standing on my back. Can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a Plane. Don't push me, call, I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under Oh my gosh yeah. Boom, 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 boom Ugh yeah, it's too good. It's, it's too it, good. Should we talk about those sounds briefly too? I know this is yeah. Uh, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From where, how does you know, that hit your ears? The, the uh, you mentioned it early in the beginning about the how funky it is. You know, and there's there's some synth. There's, I I was talking about the synthetic whooshes and things. There's some real mm. synth sounds in here. This sort of synth funk bass kind of stuff going on, and I mean, it, it's. There is, it's really grounded in that, um, you know, African-American musical tradition, but not, not in a way like it's a lot, it's not, it feels, it feels like a live band, but it's just not, you know, and um, it's pretty, it's pretty pretty magical sonically. I just. Okay, great. Um, Why'd you say it's not a live band? I'm pretty sure this is the Grandmaster Flash aspect, which is repurposing some recorded stuff, sampled or, or at least sampled in the way that, not in the way that we think of it now, but um, mm. you know, maybe juggling a couple of records with the, just the same loop, yeah, in, in real time. That's awesome, and you know what, Mingo? There's and a, there's a push pull the, there for some backstory. For some backstory for the listener. I told Mingo, I asked Mingo not to do any research into this song because, um, because apart from, you know, the extensive knowledge that he already has, um, because when I started researching this song, I was shocked by what I found out. And so this is a gr- as good a time as any to, to um, bring it Reveal. in on the Reveal. production side. Reveal. <laughs> Grandmaster Flash has nothing to do with this song. Oh, Stone Cold. Grandmaster Flash had zero input, zero. On this track? On this track. Right, right And also right. White Lines, by the way. Um, yeah. But Whoa. on this track in particular, 
Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, was, I went on a deep, pretty deep dive on this, and I was Great. bloody Amazing. shocked because all I all I'd always imagined was exactly what you just said—that this wow. is the perfection of the craft of Grandmaster Flash doing his turntablism, which he, you know, is one of the pioneers of. Not true. This is this is a live production in the studio wow. between a drummer uh, between a drummer and the guitarist. Wow. Um, they say guitarist. I don't know what the hell instruments he's playing. But I think he must just be on the keys, but he's a guitarist. Well, that, that's guitar what I'm in there. In the that, that... Yeah. Okay, cool. Guess who is the drummer? This <laughs> is impossible. I'm being a dick about it. But this guy, are you seeing on your screen like who's rapping right now? No. Okay, so up on the screen in, in Genius, it tells you who's doing each verse. Right. And it basically alternates between two rappers. So you would guess they're members of the Furious Five, right? Would we be wrong again? Wrong. <laughs> okay, so obviously, obviously Melly Mel. Melly Mel who, is the Melly Mel is theme. the main main rapper. Yeah, Grandmaster Melly Mel is is rapping. He's he's done most of the rapping so far. Yes, yes. But the guy who's rapping right now is a guy with the best name in all of rap, in my opinion, Duke Booty. Oh yeah, B double O T E E. He is the drummer. He's the guy that was. He was basically a session drummer down at uh, Sugar Hill Records. Right. So this track was put together by the boss of Sugar Hill Records, um, whose name I've forgotten, but I'll just bring it up real quick. Uh, an amazing figure called Sylvia something. Um, I, I want to get her yes. full name. Sylvia Robinson. It's all flooding okay. back. Okay, yeah, great. I, right. I wanted. I knew you knew all this stuff, but I just didn't want you to have it in your in your definitely, front of mind. Definitely because, not fresh at all. No, because I find it so fascinating. Um, and That's so, a great reveal. Great reveal. Right, isn't it? This was a reveal to me last night. I was just like, "What the hell? I can't believe what I'm hearing." Wow, Duke we suck. Booty, <laughs> no, no, not at all. I imagine there's so many people out there going, "What? Really? Yeah. This isn't the Furious Five? And you know what else? In the video, the Furious Five lip sync to these lyrics sure so they give the impression to the world that they are rapping yes well and and also r reminding all if you haven't seen the video the, the sort of 80s um chromid and the the video effects on it so it's it's not super sharp so it's easy to kind mm -hmm. of uh hide that anyway okay cool yeah okay you you're making me think now okay so the this record which i i mm -hmm. seem to remember there being so the album is more like a project like maybe a multi a multi-artist project that's fallen under the banner you know it's like a, a an entire promotion for sugar hill records perhaps more than yes. hey it's grand master flash on the Furious five yeah uh, well okay a, so here's, band, here's the thing yeah Here's the deal, basically. Is this in the same way that like Motown records or whatever? Yeah, they would have you know session session yeah. players, and then they'd bring in singers, and so it would be the house band, and yes. then and then they'd bring in singers, and that would be the singers' mm. single, right? Melly mm. Mel was hanging around the studio, and and they were working on this song with with Duke Booty, right? And and another the the other guitarist whose name I've forgotten. I'll get it in a second. Um, 
where are we? Hang on. I've got it nearby. No. We can we can fix it in post. <laughs> where are you, my my precious my precious one? It's an amazing my No, that's not it. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a WordPress. It's a WordPress um like blog by a guy called Damien Love. It's Sick. so amazing. It's an wow. in- interview with the four producers, living producers. Right. Melly Mel, co-writer vocals. Ed Duke Booty Fletcher, co-writer yeah. vocals, keyboards and percussion. So he's basically right. in charge of production here. Yeah. Skip McDonald is on guitar. And a guy called Jigs Chase. I've forgotten what he did, <laughs> but he's co-writer and co-producer so i don't know what wow. he did um, maybe it's that engineer uh he might have been maybe he's running uh, the running the tape he he's he's credited as producer but anyway okay okay yeah amazing i've, I've lost amazing. what he did it makes sense but basically though. it's the it's the four of them oh here we go i did the horns and strings on their records but and they elevated me to producer with sylvia he was like a, a producer in the old school sense. He was like a, yes. a deal maker. Yeah. So Sylvia, Sylvia is the one, according to this history, who had the idea for like the darker tone to the lyrics. Right. Amazing. Mel, Melly Mel and the Furious Five weren't in any way about that. They were about party stuff. Yeah. But when Melly Mel was at the studio hearing this song come together and Sylvia was saying, it's the next big thing, it's what I'm going to put out, he said, well, I'm... He's- do you I'm say in. jump on it? <laughs> if that's a reference that I should get, I'm sorry, I don't get it. <laughs> Exposed. Jump what, on it. What's the reference? <laughs> okay. It's all right. My my old yeah. school hip hop is not Damn, or is that bro. middle school hip hop? Um anyway, so he said we've got to be involved. We can't let mm. the train go. We're gonna be involved. I want my band to be the ones that mm. put this out under their under their name. So he basically made it happen. And so I mean that that suggests to me that they're coming from that, you know, soul R and B funk disco era. You know, like it's it's gotta they've gotta be if they're if they're session guys that are kind of doing that yeah. stuff already. Yeah. They've got to have come from that. They have to Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um and so, yeah, that's exactly right. That's so amazing. it isn't in the turntablist tradition at all. Yeah, right. It's far I, more in the soul. I and can't funk. believe that White Lines isn't. You get get out of white town. White Lines isn't either. Let's, I know. We'll have, I know. We'll have that conversation another fuck, time, though. Fuck my life, right? We can that's, do that. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm it's devastated. On the list. I'm fucking devastated. Yeah. How hilarious, though, right? Wow. So, um, so what what did I want to say? Guess who wrote? Virtually all the lyrics. Well, not not Melly Mel then. Not Melly Mel. Yeah. The only part that Melly Mel wrote is the last verse. Okay, well, which is powerful. Verse five. Yeah. And we'll when we'll get there and we'll talk about the story of that verse. But how extraordinary yeah. is this that everything basically came from this guy Ed Duke Booty Fletcher? Wow, that's amazing. Everything so under, except verse five. Underrated. Underrated. Then. Underrated. Like, we should underrated. know. We should know. <clears throat> we wow, should know. So... And that's that's one of the main reasons I brought it up is like this guy is responsible for wow. some of the most iconic lines in rap and virtually nobody knows it. Wow. And isn't this the story though with, uh, you know, the history of African-Americans? It's just... 
Uh-huh. And I mean, show business. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, it's so tragic how so many great, talented people are just for you know for various reasons sometimes you know legal um loopholes um sometimes out of malicious abuse you know that uh, sometimes just out of ignorance and and um uh lack of effort for whatever reason with people not oh i'm just doing this throwaway thing whatever you know that people are not paid their dues um yep uh, yeah, Ugh. just I, yeah. You true. see this story time and time again. It's so you upsetting. do, but the tone that I'm reading a lot of this interview with is that I, I just get the impression this guy considers it an absolute win because <laughs> he's you know whatever percentage he's got cut of this immortal song, mm. and and he's that that's his deal. Like he didn't. He doesn't seem bitter at all from what wow. I can read. He got his cut. He gets mm. his royalties in perpetuity. And right. so he okay. and, well, and, that's, that's and okay by the then. Yeah, and all of the all what was I going to say? This is barely relevant, but but just in case someone's listening and they might get the wrong impression, everybody involved in in this story is black. So yes. it's not like some mogul yes. coming in from the whiteies or some other part and just exploiting people it's more like they had a really efficient studio system and they wanted to they wanted to peg groups who were who had the profile to songs that they knew had the legs and this is just an example of that a rapper's delight is another example where i I have no issue with that um Mm. that uh, sense of the business, you know, and and that and that Motown, as you referenced really well, that Motown uh, approach, you know. Um, but I, I mean, we can't you you can't dismiss the fact that um, you know that that house band that you were talking about, you know, they, you know, that wonderful documentary, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. I mean, that mm. that is just again, it's it's like that they, they aren't the guys that made the big bucks. You know, they are literally the people that were that created Motown. Motown doesn't exist yeah. without those players. That and there's a few yeah. revolving guys, but that that core group. You know, I mean, you can have your stars and you, you the lead songwriters that you know work on the melodies and stuff, but the contribution that those players um, made to that whole genre, and it is a genre. You know, um, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's it. They have definitely not been compensated. To the level yep. that they should have, I, you know. I don't deny. I don't deny that at all. I just wanted to make clear that I don't think yes, this is an example yeah. of that story. I'm, I'm, I'm not making any uh, any legal claims <laughs> <laughs> for legal reasons. Um, yeah, cool. Well, yeah. So I think that's just extraordinary. So I wanted to throw that in at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. We we let's we haven't discussed. The, yeah, let's talk about some of the first three. Yeah, at all. Um, <laughs> But it's uh, it's a great verse. It's superb. Uh, this is this and, is fantastic, and this this yeah. really sets that late seventies, early eighties, uh, cultural period for me. I this right, yeah, yeah. What what do you mean? Tell tell us. Oh, uh, the the TV shows, um, yeah. the economic situation that was going on, um, particularly right. 
particularly felt in America, but, you know, we, we yeah. definitely had flow-on effects from that at slightly delayed here in Australia <sighs> again as well. Did we ever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Let, yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say, let's, whip, let's maybe whip through yes. it. Yeah. Because some let's of these lines, they go past too quick. Yes. I think, anyway. And, and we can miss some gold. So I'm just going to read it, and we'll stop after yeah. each couplet, I reckon. Yeah. My brother's doing bad, stole my mother's TV, said she watches too much, it's just not healthy. Um, great twist of the healthy. That if, if there's something that characterizes old school rap, to me it's that. It's like right. changing the stress of a word so it, so yeah. it works. Um, something that they would abandon pretty quick. I think Rakim just abandoned that, and he made a virtue of doing the proper stress mm. so that it would flip on people. He would go healthy. And, and so you've got the... You, you've stressed the unexpected part of the rhyme yes. and it it, twi- it hits your ear in a different way. Yes. But we're in the old school era, so he, he went healthy, which yeah. is great. Really awesome. It sounds so fresh now. Um, what do you think of the the TV theft? How does that strike you? Yeah, it's pretty illegal. <laughs> but it's within the family, right? So what's <laughs> my brother's no, doing bad? No, Stole my mother's TV. No. What's he done? Crimes. What's a crime. he done it for? Well, his justification, uh-huh. <clears throat> quote unquote, is <laughs> mum, mum's uh, mum's brain is yeah. rotting from yeah, true from all my children in Dallas. Yeah, great, great, great. I mean, what's the real reason? <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly, he uh, he wanted to donate it to a charitable organization yeah. so that okay. some small right, children right, right. could instead yeah. watch All My Children no. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Precisely right. Precisely right. Precisely right. I'm sure um, he hasn't I love this. it. He hasn't No, exactly. It. No way. No way. So the thing that thing that can go that can go um, whoosh over your head with this fast delivery lyrics is the first line. My brother's doing bad. Yeah. Like that's one of those understatements, right? Uh, that we that we encountered in we encountered in Dylan. Like find yourself a new friend, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just an understatement of of like the reality of the situation. I would I would suspect, and I think everyone would agree, um, this guy's a junkie. Almost and so, certainly. Almost certainly. So my brother's or, doing bad. Or maybe he maybe he's just in on some bad debts, you know, and he's Could got a he's got a cough up with the payment. Who you know knows? what he could be. He could it's be. not good. And that, it's not good. Yeah, that's true. That could be another hypothesis. And actually, that that kind of goes with the, with the neck with the, where, where it flows on. All my children in the daytime. A show. Have you ever watched it? I don't know it. No, it's it is no. a it's a it's a TV show though. Yeah. Okay, so a data an anodyne, a presumably suburban American. Maybe I'm just urban. Look it up. What, what is it? Maybe urban. Urban. But what is it? Maybe it was a black family. Because it might have been because I've got no idea. Let's just do a quick, quick, um, duck, duck, go. Check the TV guide. Uh, trying to type left-handed. Well, you'll get half the letters. All my, all, all I chick children. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's white AF. Oh really? Okay, so so <laughs> that's wh- that's white AF, and I know Dallas. Dallas yeah. is also white AF. Yes. So that's yeah, that's not accidental, right? That's this is the cultural zeitgeist that she's being yeah. locked into by this hypnotizing, addictive idiot box. 
So that's that's good stuff. Uh, he's, done, he's done. And he's done. Oh wait, so, okay. No. <laughs> social commentary. <laughs> what were you about to say? He's done the right thing. <laughs> he's done the right thing. We approve now. We approve now. Um, can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. So this is what we would prefer to be watching: is the game, baseball, at least basketball, at a, at a bare minimum. Like yeah, at a bare minimum, or the Sugar Ray fight. These are more culturally appropriate touchstones, right? For a, yes, for yeah. inner city youth, they want to watch the game. They want to watch the basketball, um, or or Sugar Ray, a legendary box. boxer. Um, so, but a bit, you know, a bit ironic as well, like. Like, uh, you know, she's watching the wrong show. We want to watch the right distraction. There's no irony there. We wanna, it's totally that's we, in hand. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so like a, but you know, a switcheroo, like a, you know, oh, she shouldn't be watching. She shouldn't be watching that brainwashing, um, garbage that distracts you into a false paradigm of uh, and distracts but, you from what's going but, on in the world. She should be watching this state-approved bread and circuses. I know what you're saying. Oh, uh-huh. the circus. Oh, I like the Colosseum. Oh, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and as in Roman times, yeah, huh? you know, um, I think someone coming from uh, a very difficult socioeconomic place with, um, with bum education, uh, maybe to become a boxer, a champion boxer is, you know, an aspiration uh-huh. that could lift lift one out of poverty. So, yeah, you know, there's uh, there's a sense of hope maybe imbued into that too. All right, all right, all right. So you think this is legit? They 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 are legitimate alternatives. Well, if if ironic you know, alternatives. If we if we're going to if we're going to if we're going to complain that the the rubbish daytime and and you know, daytime mm-hmm. television is is terrible. You know, at least we could just watch something that we can aspire to. I don't know. Yeah, look, I personally don't disagree. I think that that's. <laughs> I think that that's true. Um, okay, the bill collectors they ring my phone. Now, this could be the bill collectors from the brothers shenanigans. If he's doing bad, if he's doing bad uh, economically, or the car guys, it could be the car guys. Yeah, this or, guy's got his own all of them financial issues. <laughs> it's all of them. Uh, all of them. <laughs> they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Okay, there we go. So, well, clearly the answer I'm... is be home more. <laughs> yeah. Well, given he can't go anywhere, he's gonna be. Why is okay. he not at home? It's not like he has a job. He's on the front stoop, <laughs> looking at bag ladies, bro. Um, priorities. <laughs> one, one thing I wanted to comment on here, and I know I'm gonna get in trouble about. Oh this. yes, um, I was waiting for yeah. it. Well, okay. So here, here I wanted to comment on it. Grenades. This is this is yeah. Toss the grenades and walk away. This is a pretty solid family structure that we've got. It's pretty solid. I mean, pretty solid. We've got what have we got? Members of the family. We've got. Uh, he's the husband. He's got a wife. He's married. He's yes. He's married. He's got a brother who lives close enough. That he can steal his mother's TV, who lives close enough for that to happen. So that's pretty tight extended family unit. He's he's connected to his mother and his brother. He's in they're in each yes. other's lives. Yeah, yeah, and he's married. And later on, spoiler alert, he's got a son. 
and they're married. Okay, so I just want to say that uh, apart from anything else, that was actually an aspect. You know, I talked about I was being uh, very facetious earlier, talking about oh the broken bottles. Well, that's gotten better. Look, the stats on this one have gotten way worse. The marriage well, when- stats. Look, in in and in and of themselves, these facts don't speak to the health of these relationships. But that's I, true. On a on a surface level, I I understand the point yeah. you're making. Yeah, yeah. The people he's mentioning are all family, and they live it, close enough to this, be in each other's lives. This guy cool. is an unfeeling. This our narrator is um, our narrator is genuinely invested and concerned. True. Got it. Yeah, he's got skin in the game. Mm. You're absolutely right. Good one. Okay. Um, the bill collectors, yeah, obviously scumbags, right? So that's some severe danger at that point. Speaking of he's got skin in the game, his wife's being threatened by loan sharks or whatever. That's tough. Well, probably just utilities, but it could yeah, just be it's utilities. bad enough. Okay, it's bad enough. enough. All right, it's bad enough for sure. The threat of financial ruin. Well, the, th- the threat of having the, the power and water turned off. True, 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 indeed. Like bare, yeah. bare survival. Like, come on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In the, in the New York winter, yeah, mm, for sure. Damn. Got a bum education, double-digit inflation. I love oh, this. I get the feels. I love this. I love <laughs> Getting this. the feels. I love this. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. <sighs> so good. Education, inflation, train even, station. I mean... Yeah, it's good. It's all Asian rhymes. People yeah. people nowadays would bulk at that. Yeah. They would throw in, they would throw in a something like a basement or a, or, a, yeah. or a statement or something that's not an Asian just to break it up a bit. And, but it and doesn't matter because this is all gobsmackingly new, as you said. New, say. that's it. And, and can I ask you, like, I mean, there's, yeah. I think, one... One aspect of that would be, um, you know, just not wanting to be repetitive or be tired or do something that's already, you know, been done. But is uh, technically is another is another reason for doing that so that you can expand your um, your pathways that you can take a rhyme. It's just they're too easy. The Asians, right? Okay, right. Asians, oceans, Asians. They're too easy. So, so right. you you just and and they're too exact. And right. I think what, what, what people quickly learned in this art form, which again, gobsmackingly new, but they quickly learned the exact rhymes aren't really the fun ones. Uh, right. And when you're doing 75 of them in like one <laughs> verse, you start, you, you run out of them quick and, you, and people go, okay, wh- what else you got? What else you got? Thank but, you, so, Techno. So in a, <laughs> thank you. In a way, you're right. Yes, it's, it's a result of that. Um, wanting to expand the usage, but it's also, uh, but but it's it's partly because of the length of time people have been rapping for now. Mm. If you if you just drop into an Asian rhyme, people go, "What are you freaking serious?" Unless you maximize it, like you go balls to the wall, full yeah. all in, and you do yeah. every single one possible. Yeah, that would there's, be impressive. There's a, well, okay, it would be, but there's there's a guy that. There's a guy in Four Owls. I actually like the group Four Owls, and he did an Asian rhyme recently, a verse, a whole verse of Asians. And I, I hated it. <laughs> like he did oh, that. Oh no! And I was just like, oh, Asian. Oh no! Asian, Asian, Asian. Yeah, they're a good, good group. And uh, Asians everywhere. People hate it. Hey. <laughs> Asian invasion. 
Um, now, we, we've got to the strike at the station. I think that is yeah. the impetus for the song. That's one of the reasons why now, Duke Booty was so pissed off that he had all these yeah. lyrics in his mind. Now, you mentioned this pre-show. Would you like to just yeah. talk about that a little? Which one? The strike? Yes. Not the booty. No, I don't have a... I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just, it's just, I find it to be, okay, I probably do have a lot to say about it, actually. It speaks to me, oof, how can I say this? I feel like I'm, I'm pulling a punch too early. I love this song. I love everything about it. But there's a part of me that feels like it's not very authentic. Really? Yes. Well, I I'm, don't... Fi- I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. I know. And wow. I'm going to get fucking torn apart for this. All right. I think I think the guys behind this, especially the guy writing it, and, and the producer, Sylvia, who's like the impetus... Is her name Sylvia? Excuse me. What was her name? Do you, do you think... Is your is your perspective that Duke Booty is writing in character rather than from authentic first hand experience? Yes, that's <gasps> my perspective. Wow. Yes. I mean that's, that's my perspective. It's totally plausible. I'd be happy to be corrected. But everything about this song for me, Sylvia Robinson, thank you. Sorry. Duke, Apologies, Duke guys. Booty I've call got us. About seven seven hundred <laughs> seven hundred tabs open. Uh, yes, <laughs> Duke, Duke Duke Booty, Booty for me correct and us. Sylvia. Yeah, correct us. D- Duke Booty and Sylvia Robinson the, for me, the main progenitors of this song are outside observers, in my opinion. Do you think this is akin to um, "Baby Hit Me One More Time"? Max Max's writing from a girl perspective. That's not a link I'd made, but but yeah, sure, I I, and, I and, do think that. And I mean, is there? Do you think there's anything ethically nebulous about that, or is that okay? So this yeah. is where I'm going to get torn apart. Oh well, this is hip hop. Further, I forgot. I forgot we're talking about hip hop. God damn it! No. Uh, well, okay. So what did you mean, ethically nebulous? Do you think it's okay? I mean. I think I think this is tied to the genre because I don't have a problem with uh, a, a songwriter writing from the perspective of a character. I think that some of my favorite songs are done like that. Um, but with hip hop, the it I don't know if it started this way, but it's definitely part of the the hip hop code that now at least that you meant to have. This has got to describe your your struggle, your personal genuine anecdotal life um and if not you're a phony right exactly you've you've really locked into something and and you are echoing exactly my sentiments and the key part is the timeline Uh, because this was the first song yeah popular song let's say i think the last poets were were rhyming about uh, gritty stuff but this was the first breakout song Yes. That alerted people. This is part of the medium is the message. Exactly. It went mainstream as a commodity, as a mm. as an absolute smash hit, an absolute breakout mm. smash world world smash hit, by the way. For All the, across the English and speaking established world. Established the genre. Yes. Uh, no, sorry. 
probably Rapper's Delight established the genre, but this established the genre of gritty urban storytelling. Right. Giving the message that the inner city is in the state that it's in. And my opinion is that the people that wrote it were out, yeah, outside observers on the peripheries of that. Mm. They're not actually like like when I say on the peripheries, I mean they're not the they're somewhere in the middle. Okay, they're does, somewhere in the mix of it. And and does does that make it less authentic in your mind? Okay, pause for a second. I don't mind at all people putting lyrics as a character. I don't mind it at all. I've never minded it and I never will mind it. Yeah, me either. Okay. But exact you pinpointed exactly what happened to hip hop. <laughs> hip hop decided it did mind. <laughs> hip hop decided yeah. as a culture that it would be authentic to this in this regard. <sighs> and I think probably to to not a great end. Yes. Okay. Is my There's personal my... opinion. It's great. my grenade. <laughs> okay. No. No. I'm. I'm. I would have thrown the same one down. <laughs> it's a landmine. Um, that's a fucking. That's a nuclear bomb right there. Yeah. I, I don't think this led to good um, outcomes. Results. Yeah. Outcomes. And and I I I know that I can back that up. Me too. Because there has been a... Yes, we've got a similar background, which we won't necessarily go into. But we've encountered young people and we've watched it happen. We're, we're, you know, we're middle-aged fellas. We've seen the trajectory go from guys like Park, Tupac, who was like a middle-class kid who spoke in the vernacular of the streets and yeah, ended up embroiled in it and it ended up killing him. But whatever, he wasn't really from that background. To then someone like, and at the same time, someone like Biggie, who really was from that background and really did speak about his experiences as mm. a crack dealer, right? Mm. And once that seal was broken, it was, I'm going to try and coin a phrase, it's going to sound terrible of me. It's one downmanship. Yes, yeah, right. And it's a continual cascade of one-downmanship from then on. You must be real. How how you, much of that do you think is initially perpetrated by the artists and then perpetuated by the artists? And how much of that is is influenced by... The machine, the distributors, mm. the labels, the retailers, the producers saying, A, we're going to focus money and time on this artist because we think statistically this earns us higher profits. And yep. therefore, the, the feedback loop in the industry is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And, and okay. how, much, how much of it is grassroots and how much of it is the machine i guess is my question to you it's a wonderful question and i'm going to answer it in the most annoying way possible 
I'm going to give I'm going to give percentages to each yeah. of those groups, and I'm going to say it's about five percent on the artists. Ooh, wow! All of them, all of them throughout this trajectory, all of them, no matter years. how, no matter how gangster they've turned into, no matter how drill focused trap they've become, whatever, only five percent. Wow, that's amazing. Fifty percent. 45 to 50% I'll put on the machine right. that you mentioned. Mm. And the remaining 45% I put on the consumer. Yes. Great. Great. Who is the voyeur. I see, um. I see it as a voyeuristic phenomenon. A voyeuristic phenomenon that, that revels in, in hearing the stories of urban decay. Well, maybe the problem is that grandma's television got stolen and instead of being able to see Sugar Ray and aspire to greatness, oh, something God. that can drag me out of this, oh, God. you know, maybe I'm now, my icons are very narrowed. Dude. Ah, yeah, I and because I live, beautiful. because I live in a country that prioritizes maintaining power in the hands of those that already have power and relies upon my labor either as a a low paid worker a, a slave to fast food and consumption or even as a, a lemming in the prison system in order to keep maintaining huge profits for very profitable companies uh, maybe this is deliberate. <laughs> that wasn't the word I was expecting you to to come back to. Deliberate. So who's deli de deliberate on whose part? The machine, right? The 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 the, 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 the oppressive machine. The hegemonic oppressors. Yeah. Cool. I don't disagree. I do not disagree. Like like. This is I, complex. I, 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 this is complex. This is complex. Stuff. Yeah. But uh, just to give people a bit of background, when when I first proposed uh, that this be our next uh, one off the Overlords list to Ming, I said, you know, I mean, when the Overlords these lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Sorry. Um. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said to Ming. I said to Ming. You know, hey, you know, you really feel the the oppression of the urban, you know, the urban superstructure, or whatever, mm. and, and you know, it really makes you think like not a lot's changed, kind of thing. And he was like, mm. "Well, maybe you will. This will be the episode when you backtrack on your constant um, berating of the woke ideology." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe." <laughs> well, it turns out, you know, yeah, because I d agree with you. I agree with you. I think this speaks to a a very um I think this speaks to a, a pretty broad level conspiracy of of oppression. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the clues are here, you know, and mm. um for those that don't recall, the the late 70s globally uh was I think pretty dark. Um and America was really at the heart of that um mm. having come off essentially uh, having to step away from the embroilment in Vietnam, um, which was a real stain on America um, and, you know, killed how many people, you know, and then uh, those who returned were, were still condemned for, you know, 
good couple of decades before they even were officially recognized their illnesses recognized um from exposure to chemicals and and trauma and and all the rest of it um but you know economically america was participating in these proxy wars um in the in latin america um in a you know all the all the trouble in the middle east and you know we've got we've got a couple of touchstones here in the lyrics um Double-digit inflation. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, bum 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 education actually yeah. really points to uh, the, the what happens on the ground as a result of um, poorly prioritized governance and um, and economic um, distress because you know money gets taken out of public education really quickly. Um, teachers are forced to to work on lower wages with less resources and and more too many children and and all the rest of it uh, and you know there was oil crisis in 77 and 79 i think um and i mean petrol in america like skyrocketed inflation was in it was out of control um if you look to the cinema of this time period coming out of america everything was disaster films like in the lead up to this you know the the mid mid to late 70s was like towering inferno mm-hmm. um things like that these these huge what, disaster films the Poseidon films. one the Poseidon, yeah um, yeah um, forget, but just i know like, what you mean disaster they were disaster films yeah uh, until star wars kind of broke that um there was like really gritty stuff like the network i mean about talking about mm. you know media um power monopolies and and lying to social control manipulation i mean all this stuff was you know really big um you had uh you know post watergate um you know i think people really didn't trust um their political leaders in america all these genuine conspiracies were being outed um so there was a lot of this going on i mean hijacks plane hijacking i mean the, the middle east right, crisis um ira crises you know like there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of high plane hijackings um you know in this this time and i think people mm. forget how just how dark it was uh, and i can't imagine if you are living through this time and you are observing this going down even if you're not necessarily suffering under the like the most um in this situation but you're involved with artists and creativity and running a business uh i i don't i don't have any problem with um you know writing these lyrics about what you see going on i i would struggle to not yeah i i totally agree like i place not no <laughs> No blame. No, none of my voyeuristic um, accusations are, are leveled at the at the writers. Mm. Um, I think that they they just, especially Duke Booty. I just put him up as one of the great poets of yeah, our time. Amazing. I think he just did an extraordinary job reporting. Mm. You know exactly like yes. you wouldn't say to a journalist, "Oh, you had to go through the story to report on." Yes, it. Yeah, he's yes. reporting. It's fantastic, but he's also creating a piece of literature. Like, yes. Okay, so just not not to. <laughs> Not to backtrack too much, but when you bear in mind that he wrote all these verses, verses one to four. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So so it's one narrator. It's yeah. him. Yeah. 
it's his character that he's created. I don't know if he was married with with a son or not, but he makes yeah. a character who was. And and all of the verse lyrics, verse one to four, they lay out this person's situation. Feels it's pretty real to me. Extraordinary piece of literature. <laughs> an extraordinary piece of literature. And it rhymes and it fucking slaps. Yeah. And what a what a legendary what a legendary piece of work this is. I think we're we're potentially foreshadowing our uh, <laughs> summary. <laughs> Shall we continue? Um, let's oh, continue. Have... I paused. Yeah. I paused at station, yeah. uh, just because I really want to look at these last four lines, which I think yes. are some of the finest, great, <laughs> finest bars. Yeah, amazing. In uh, in like that I've listened to for a little bit. Neon King Kong standing on my back, can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac. <laughs> I mean, I had to look up sacroiliac. Did you? <laughs> I haven't looked it up. You haven't looked it up. It's the, I haven't looked it it's up. The, it's the joint. I'm reading off genius here. The joint between the sacrum, tailbone, and the yes. ilium, the largest bone yes. of the pelvis. Yes. You can't break a joint. He probably dislocated it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, um... But backtracking slightly, Neon King Kong. I don't know what a I Neon love, King Kong is. Right, I I love it. I love me? it. Oh, I well, love I'm it. I love I just I'm just going with with my instinct on that. It's just like neon of for me is just the city lights, the lights of the city. Which I don't know when neon came in, but they would have been mm-hmm. all over New York, everywhere, oh, um, yeah. everywhere. King Kong. It's a neon King Kong. So he's he's created this three-word image. <laughs> one of it is one word, King Kong. He's imagining this King Kong monster made of neon lights standing on his back. It's just a perfect, perfect image I, I that he's created. It. A perfect allegory, metaphor, what, illusion, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, of I this mean, that's... Oppressive, yeah. That's how I always interpreted it, but I, I was like, well, maybe there was a thing. Like I don't know, um, but I mean, which you know, which which city did King Kong I ravage? Don't. It was New York. Exactly, it was New York, precisely. So it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant writing. He didn't have to Fantastic. be this good. He oh, could have awesome. just kept telling. He could have just kept telling stories, but suddenly his narrator turns into a bloody, um, turns into turns into a poet. It's absolutely phenomenal. And it's great that you say that, and I think you referenced it earlier too, uh, just plugging one of our earlier episodes again, mm. um, because I there is so much similarity between this and 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 Dylan in the in in the approach um, of painting this picture and really inhabiting these characters. Yeah, um, you really they. I said it before; it's tangible. It really is visceral. I I really feel i bristle mm. with with the senses from this yeah it's amazing oh god i'm so glad you said senses because that's one thing that is just so masterful he keeps on yeah. bringing in new new yep. senses now we've got yep. now we've got physical pains that he's yes. going through mm. expressed in such a good way can't stop to turn around broke my sacroiliac <laughs> just creepers creepers like People talk about like vocabulary sometimes of of um of rappers and they've done like a, an analysis of various rappers they take like whatever 400 bars of their lyrics and and analyze the the amount of different words they use and you know whoever bus driver is way out in yeah. front um yeah uh, aesop rock people like that i don't think anyone else has ever used the word sacroiliac 
in a rap. And I just think it deserves serious props. But Pretty sure I've only ever also... I've only ever seen it in like an anatomy book. So <laughs> you 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 knew better than me. I didn't know it. Um, can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac. It's like it, it's not just like oh I'm feeling stuck. It's just like yeah. he, he 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 links it to a medical condition. I literally like, can't move physically. Yeah, I literally can't move. I physically mm. can't move. Beautiful. Another another a more medical conditions. Yeah. A mid-range a, migraine. Go ahead. That's the thing about medical conditions. Once you open the door, you just keep piling them on. <laughs> true, true. Co- comorbidities, right? Comorbidities. He's got, he's got some comorbidities here. Oh. A mid-range migraine. That's an ironic one, right? Like a mid-range migraine. He's just like, yeah. oh, I got a bit yeah. of a headache. He's yeah. being sarcastic there, sardonic. Yeah. Cancered membrane. Like, fuck me. He's got cancer. This guy's on the ropes. Mm. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. Yeah, well, that's not good either. But this guy has effectively got nothing, nothing to lose, right? Mm. And therefore, I swear I might hijack a plane. Yeah. He's also really non-committal. <laughs> I swear I might. I might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great, 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 great. Yeah, great. fantastic. Yeah, but that does speak to how big, how big of a um, dramatic action it is to hijack a plane. Like I well, swear, good luck. I might. All right. Exactly. Good luck doing that with a a migraine and a broken sacroiliac. True, indeed, indeed. Bro can't even okay, stop great. and turn around. No, um, indeed. Yeah, there's 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 a lot in that verse. It's a brilliant really verse. really detailing the the situation very clearly. Yeah. I think this verse gets overlooked quite a lot uh, when yeah. people think of this song. Yeah. And they shouldn't. It's brilliant. It, Just well, Neon the, King Kong It's alone. the most complex one, you know. It is a little bit. I would say so. It's definitely it's got dense. a lot going on. Yeah. Well, unless you've got anything else to say about verse 3, let's shoot into verse 4. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a little instrumental break here, isn't there? Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, let's so, let's enjoy that. Let's enjoy yeah. the house band down at um, <laughs> down at Sugar Hill Records. Let's let's enjoy Grandmaster Flash and his yeah his his wheels of steel. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. AKA Duke Booty, Duke Booty on the drum. Hey, awesome listener. Yes, Duke I'm talking Booty to you. Um, we would like to thank you so much for coming on the journey with us so far. We talked for so long. We've had to break this up into two parts. So. Go and hit part two and we will catch you soon. All right. Bye.